Lucky we're here with you today, you little donkey wonky woo woos. It's Mal and Monty. Hello. Hi. How are you, Mons? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. Good, good. good. All right. So, Lucky Dip, put your hand in, Mal. What are we pulling out today? Ooh, Mm, great sound effects. Sound effects. Mm. Um, We are pulling out something that is really going to bring you right under. Usually, we're very lighthearted. But yeah, I mean, grumpy and Debbie Downers usually, but still lighthearted. Yeah. We had an idea to do um, an unsolved crime that we'd never mm-hmm. forgotten. Yes. So I did a deep dive into something horrible that I'm about to tell you about. Okay. So if there's kids in the car, because mine, kids get fascinated uh, with stuff like this. Like my son is like, mum, tell me about some horror movies. And then I stupidly will say, oh, so there's this or this, you know, and even lighten it up. And then it gets to bedtime. He's like, oh, mum. I mean, particularly if you're in the car with your kids, you will find out in a minute why oh, you don't want to be listening to this one. Okay. So I'm not sure if you remember this, but this Mm. is the 1997 murder, unsolved murder, of Jane Thurgood Dove. No. Do you remember remember. this? I think you'll remember as I keep going. Okay, Mm. so I'm just going to get into it. Um, Jane Thurgood Dove was a 34 year old married mum with three kids. And on November 6, 1997, she was doing her normal daily run. She picked up her kids from school and kinder. And at about 3.40, she pulled into the driveway of her home in Nidri, which is right. a northwestern suburb of Melbourne. So at the same time as Jane pulled up, um, a stolen blue Commodore pulled up at the front of her house and as she got out of the car a guy wearing a balaclava and pointing a gun (gasps) at her approached Mm. um also I often think how disorientated she would have been like imagine it's just something you do every day without thinking about it and then you're sort of this surreal thing is happening Totally. And also, like, seeing someone like that would take your brain so long to catch up because it's so, like, cliche as well. A man wearing a balaclava with a gun. You'd almost think it was someone playing a joke, maybe. I don't know. I know. It's like your home. It's it's broad daylight. It's in. Mm. Anyway. So, um,. Jane instinctively ran around the car to get away from this guy, but she tripped and fell. And while she was on the ground, he pointed the gun at her and shot her multiple times in the back of the head and ran out to the waiting Commodore, which then sped off. So Jane died in her driveway while her 11-year-old son, six and and three-year-old daughters watched on from the back seat of the car. Oh, my God. This this is so horrific. This detail just kills me. The little boy who was 11 bundled up Mm. his sisters and ran with them to the local milk bar for help. I just – the thought of that is – I know. You're such a psycho for loving these kind of stories. Well, it's not loving. true crime. I'm just fascinated. I'm so fascinated by them. Yeah. I just find them fascinating. the brain of the people works so differently too. And there is something eerie and otherworldly about it unless it's somebody you know or you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Mm. anyway, so this case was assigned to, I'm sure you've heard this name, Ron Iddles, who is like this incredible homicide detective. He's got a 99% success rate, like conviction rate. You want him on the case. You want him on the case. Anyway, he spoke with um, neighbours and stuff and – Jane's 
little boy described the killer as short and having a pot belly. And then he described a little bit about the getaway driver. And then a couple of days later, the Commodore was found in a nearby street and any chance of getting DNA was um, gone because they torched the car. So it was all burnt out. So Jane's husband, Mark, who she'd been with since they were school kids, was, you know, they immediately go to the I was going to say, it's the husband. Immediately, right? Yeah. He was cooperative. He was at work at the time of the murder and he didn't appear to have any motive for organising the killing. However, um, Detective Ron Idles had been tipped off by a Melbourne underworld figure that Mark had organised the hit on Jane. Anyway, after further investigation and Mark passing a polygraph test, he was ruled out as a suspect, which on a side note, how reliable can those polygraph tests be? I don't know. I don't know how rely. I don't think you can rely solely on that. No way, because I feel like if someone hooked me up right now and said to me, did you murder whatever, I would make myself stress thinking, no, yeah, oh, no, I, I didn't, know, but I would I feel, you know. Anyway. Yeah, yes, yes. I know I do. I do so, know what you mean. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, another suspect was a police officer whose business card was found in Jane's bag. Now, when this guy was contacted, he told Ron Idles that he and Jane were having an affair, which has never been proven, but he displayed some extremely shady behaviour, which included a shrine set up to Jane in his home. The password on his computer was her date of birth. Wow. And a few of Jane's friends had reported that she'd told them that this guy was obsessed with her. Anyway, wow. he told police that his last contact with Jane was a one-minute phone call the week before her murder, but the phone records showed that that conversation was around an hour in length. And also, why would you lie about that? Yeah, because they can get the – and also, if you're a cop, you would know, you know that they can get the records. That's so weird. so strange. And he also failed a polygraph test, this guy. Right. And he also tried to buy the burial plot next to her. Oh, my God. Something's not right. He matched the gunman's description. He didn't have a solid alibi on the day of the murder. And the search of his home turned up a balaclava and a gun, but which were both, no, well, both were found to be unlinked to the crime. And with no solid proof, he was officially ruled out of the investigation in 2003. So... Now, we're going on another turn here. Okay. In 2003, Christine Nixon, remember her? You interviewed her for Show and Tell. Um, Mm -hmm. She was the Chief Commissioner of Police at the time and she put up a $1 million reward for any information that led to Jane's murderer. Mm -hmm. Almost immediately, police were contacted with a tip that a hit had been ordered on the wife of a man linked to Melbourne's underworld who lived in the same street as Jane in a house that was three houses oh, no. from from a corner block, just sort of the opposite end of the street. She matched Jane's physical description, had young kids and drove a four-wheel drive like Jane. Oh, no, it was the wrong person. Yep. It was discovered that two men belonging to a Geelong-based bikey group were reportedly hired to kill this other woman and Jane's murder quickly became a case of mistaken identity. Oh, my God. I mean... Hold on. So what about the shrine of Jane? Who was this, I think this cop who was obsessed with her, though? This was just a guy who was obsessed with her. Apparently, right? This is the thing. They found who they believe the gunman was in this sort of bikey group and whatever. Like, they investigated, they found out who the gunman was and the person who organised the getaway car. Yeah. Both had died. By the time police went to speak to them, they'd both died like a couple of years before. But 
the getaway driver and most importantly, the person who organised the hit have still never been found. So Rodden Idles and Jane's parents believe that her murder wasn't given sort of the time that it needed by Vic police because that was it all happened around the time all the gangland underworld stuff right, was so happening. Took, so all yeah. the resources were in there. But Ron Idles has publicly said that he believes that Jane's murder was a case of mistaken identity. Oh. Um, yeah, but her case is still Fuck. officially listed as a cold case and um, you can find more about it on the Victoria Police Cold Case Hub. And November 6th this year marks 25 years since she was murdered. Fuck, that's so full on. So sad. The mistaken so sad. identity and everything is I mean, very sad. It almost makes it worse, I reckon. Yeah, it does. I agree. I, mean, I agree. I know what you mean, even though like this, the other woman would be no doubt innocent and they would mm. be trying to get to the husband of the Jane three doors down. But just this woman and her kids just destroyed when they had Those literally nothing kids. to do with it. I know. Well, that's a light fun one. Fun Ooh. one. Yep, yep. That's today's Lucky Dip episode. Thanks for listening in, you little champions. Um, And we'll be back soon. Plenty more good little lucky dippy whippies to come, you cheeky dogs. Bye for now. Love yous.